Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today is Tuesday, March 10th. Uh, we're a day late here. Usually my podcasts come out on Monday, but I ran into a lot of note-taking that I didn't realize would take a ton of time. So it's a Tuesday Dinging Corners for you. And today, we are going to be covering what I like to call best of the rest. So you're out there, you're looking at the rookie market for tops cards, and you're saying, man, I missed out on Pete Alonso. I missed out on Eloy Jimenez. I missed out on Fernando Tatis. I missed out on um, Keston Hira. You know, all these guys are have gone from $30, um, Cody Bellinger from $50, you know, up into the 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, Tatis is 100, you know, Keston's like 60, 70, Eloy's like 60, 70, Pete's like 60, 70, um, Cody Bellinger is in the 200s, Ronald Lacuna is in the 200s, uh, dollar range that is, Juan Soto is in the, like the 170s, um, so you're probably saying to yourself, man, I missed out. I don't want to buy now. Prices are way too high. I feel like it's going to come down, which I don't know. Maybe they keep going up. People seem to really like base right now. Uh, you know, maybe it's because it's readily available. It's easy to buy into. It's easy to sell out of kind of like stocks, but not really like stocks because there's only a finite amount. You might not have missed the boat on those guys, but if you feel like you have and you don't want to spend $270 on a Ronald Lacuna tops up base card, and I can't blame you. Our exercise today is to go through all the other guys from 2019 tops. Um, and when I say all the other guys, I mean almost all the other guys. I've got a list of 17 guys here um, that are at least interesting. I took some names out. You know, we started with around 24. I went through all the rookies. I dwindled it down to 24 rookies. And then from there, I dwindled it down more. So I removed guys like Jake Bowers, who came into this year with a new swing, but has been struggling early going, so I'm not willing to ever invest any money in him. I took out Griffin Canning because he got injured, and he's going to be out at the start of the year. And then guys like, and I'm not trying to hate on the Pirates here, but took out Cole Tucker, Mitch Keller, and Kevin Kramer. Mitch Keller, you know, he's interesting, but we covered him in the Rookie of the Year candidate thing. Uh, Cole Tucker and Kevin Kramer just really had bad years, despite being interesting players. And uh, in an interest of time, I had to remove some people. So I'm already covering uh, Kevin Newman for the Pirates, so I figured they didn't need four guys in here. So... What we're going to be doing today is I'm going to be breaking down them into sections of guys that were top prospects and uh, Luis Arias, who's just really good. We're going to be covering him, and then I'm going to be covering the other hitters, uh, light, light hitting hitters, first basemen, stuff like that, all combined into guys that were not top prospects, and then I'm going to be covering pitchers. Um, and... For the exercise, we're going to be I'm going to be giving you stats, you know, baseline stats like batting average on base, slugging, uh, WRC plus, his their walk percentage, their strikeout percentage, their BABIP, their isolated power, the amount of home runs they had, the amount of extra base hits they had, the amount of stolen bases they had, um, the games played, their plate appearances, and then just stats like uh, their pull percentage, their center hit percentage, their opposite field per hit percentage, and then their soft, medium, and hard contact. So I'm giving you all those just so you can kind of get a general picture of the type of player they are. And then we will, you know, if there's something in their minor league stats that says, yes, this is normal, or no, this is uh, not to be expected, we'll talk about it. And then we'll just we'll just go through and talk about them a little bit more you know, just a little bit of a note section on them if there's anything interesting, and then I will give you their prices. And from there, I won't say yes, buy, no, don't buy. I want you guys to, you know, take notes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys we can't cover 
everything about every single guy or else this would be like a five-hour podcast. So take some notes and then go back and dive deeper into their stats. Dive into their line drive rate, their ground ball rate, their fly ball rate, their home run to fly ball rate. Dive into their contact percentages, their zone swings, their outside the zone swings, you know, how often they make contact with balls outside the zone, um, stuff like that. I'm just trying to give you a baseline picture, and then you can dive a little bit deeper after you know everything and know their prices, and maybe you'll be like, hey, I really want to invest in Kevin Newman. Or maybe you'll be, hmm, I don't really like Kevin Newman, but I like David Fletcher. And I don't mind spending a dollar on his base card. So that's where I'd like to go with this. I'm not really going to be saying, hey, buy any of these guys because they're all risks. Everyone that's not already a $60 guy, there's a reason for that. They're a risk. But there is potential in here for you guys to hit the next guy that's going to explode. So with that being said, let's jump into this. It's going to be a little long. Um, it might be a little boring, a lot of stats, so I hope you guys are ready for this. Uh, I hope I'm ready for this. This took me a long time to compile these notes. I was kind of sick of looking at notes at 3 o'clock last night in the morning. So uh, let's hope this goes well. I hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you get a little bit more information on some guys that maybe you can invest in if you feel like you missed the boat on the big guys. So let's start off. Luis Arias is number one on my list. He's a 22-year-old second baseman for the Twins, and his tops update card is US 247 or 247. He hit 334, 399, 439. So that's 334 average, 399 on base, 439 slugging, with a 125 WRC plus, a 9.8% walk rate, a 7.9% K rate. That's amazing, by the way. 22-year-old rookie, comes out of nowhere, and posts a walk rate 2% better than his K rate in his first taste of the major leagues. That's incredible. Like, a 10% walk rate is really good, but a 7.9% K rate is unbelievable. He had a 355 batting average on balls in play, a 104 isolated power, which around 150 is average for those of you. Keep that in mind as we're going through this. 150 is average for isolated power. Um... So a 104 is not great. That just kind of gives you how many home run, how many extra base hits you're you're expected out of all the hits they get. Uh, four home runs, 25 extra base hits, two stolen bases, in 92 games played, and 366 plate appearances. And then for his, <coughs> excuse me, for his pull percentages and soft, medium, hard contact, he hit the ball. 29% to pole, 34% to center, 37% to opposite field, and 12% soft contact, 53% medium contact, and 35% hard contact. So that's pretty nice. The And then a 29% line driveway rate. So uh, from his stats, you know, in the minor leagues, he always had high walk rates, uh, highest being 11%, and he had a 10, almost a 10% walk rate this year, so that, that's not out of the ordinary. And he always had low K rates, 10.9% being his highest, and he had a 7.9% this year, so that's not really out of the ordinary. He had six home runs in 1,585 plate appearances in his minor league career, whereas he had four home runs in 366 plate appearances last year. So that is out of the norm. Um, not a big home run hitter. Obviously, we had the juiced baseball last year. We do not know if that's coming back. Uh, and But we'll see. We'll see if it comes back. If it comes back, he should be okay. If it doesn't, you know, you might be looking at Luis Arias as a zero home run guy to one home run a year, two home runs a year type of thing instead of four and half a season's worth of games. Um, you know, Luis Arias is nice. I expect the walk rate to stay. I expect the strikeout rate to stay. He's a line drive hitter, which is really good. He hits to all fields, so nobody you can't shade him any which way because you have no idea which way it's going to go. That's really nice. And he hits the ball medium and hard contact 88% of the time. So, you know, those line drives are probably going to be dropping. I expect him to continue to hit like this. His power numbers will probably go down, but his average and on base should stay up. 
is that investment worthy? Maybe not. People like to invest in power, but if Luis Arias is sitting at the top of the of the Twins order and scoring runs constantly because he's constantly getting on base and those big boppers behind him, of which there are plenty, Mitch Garver, Josh Donaldson, Miguel Sano, Nelson Cruz, Brian Buxton, uh, By- Byron Buxton, um, Max Kepler, my favorite guy, Max Kepler. You know, the list goes on. Uh, Gregory Polanco, plenty of guys that are going to hit 20-plus home runs this year. Luis Arias is the one guy in the lineup that's not going to, but he'll be on base so much, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if he scored 150 runs this year. So Luis Arias, interesting. Uh, his base, $1 to $3, and a gold out of 2019 sold for 30 And all these prices are going to be auction prices unless I... Um, otherwise specify except for base base are usually you know somebody buys it for 99 cents and it's 199 shipping something like that so base a dollar to three gold thirty dollars uh luis arise is interesting he's one of the more interesting guys on this list he's probably the guy i'm second most excited about uh behind this guy nick sanzel 24 year old uh center fielder for the reds He's going to be playing center field this year. He can move around. He was a second baseman, third baseman, um, third baseman in college, I believe, second baseman in the minors, center fielder now, can play shortstop in a pinch, uh, but center field for right now. And his tops update card is US 50. Now, Nick Senzel hit 256 with a 315 on base and a 427 slugging last year. That was good for a 90 WRC+, plus, which is 10% worse than league average. A 7.2% walk rate, which is nice. A 24.4% K rate, which is not nice. He posted a 319 batting average on balls in play, or BABIP, which was the lowest of his career. A 171 ISO, which is a little bit above average. 12 home runs, 36 extra base hits. 14 stolen bases in 104 games and 414 plate appearances. Um, he hit the ball 34% to pole, 35% to center, 31% to opposite field. And just so you know, I rounded all these numbers. So if it was like 34.3%, I rounded down. If it was um, 35.5% and I'd rounded the other two up, I rounded that 0.5 down. That it would be even. And then soft contact, 18%, medium contact, 42%, hard contact, 40%. So that's pretty nice. Uh, hard contact is higher than Luis Rises by 5%, but his medium contact was 11% lower, and his soft contact was 6% higher. But, you know, you're in the 80% ball target for medium and hard contact. That's nice. Uh, taking out his last eight games, the last year's eight games in AAA, He's run a 10% walk rate in AAA and a 20% K rate. So you'd like that walk rate to go up a little bit, potentially, and the K rate to go down a little bit. A 199 ISO, which was a little bit higher than his ISO last year. And he ran a 367 Bay BIP with a 310 average, 378 on base, and a 509 slugging, and a 149 WRC plus, and 44 games in AAA. Um, so... You know, he's had good numbers. I took AAA numbers because his other numbers were good in AA and single A, and you can't really get much from him. Um, but his AAA numbers were good, really good. And his major league numbers were not great. He's also been injury, in, injury, injured a ton. He uh, tore his labrum last year, had surgery, is finally healthy. He got injured the year before that. I'm pretty sure he got injured the year before that. He just has not been able to stay healthy. Now, the big key for him is just to stay healthy. I think he has all the talent in the world. He has the the chance to play every single day as long as he stays healthy. If he just stays healthy, I think he will produce, and I think he will produce closer to his AAA numbers than his major league numbers from last year. Uh, other things of note, he bulked up 200 to 215 to 220 pounds, or yeah, he bulked up to, to 215 to 220 pounds. He put on about 20 pounds of uh, muscle this offseason, which was nice to see. Maybe that will help him uh, with those nagging muscle injuries. And uh, one other thing is I would like to see him pull the ball more. 
he's got to approach in Great American Ballpark, or Great American Ballpark is a park with a short left field, a very big, and not very big, but a bigger center field, and not a really big right field. So if he could pull the ball to left field constantly, that'd be nice. But he has an all-fields approach right now, so I'd like to see it a little bit more pull-oriented. I think your power numbers could go up, especially with that added weight this year. All right, number three. Oh, no, just kidding. Got to cover his prices. So Nick Senzel, base, $1 to $3, gold out of 2019 for $12, and short print went for $15.75 last auction. So pretty nice prices for a guy that was A, a top five prospect, B, going to be a starting center fielder on a major league team this year, and C, you know, kind of does everything well. Can play multiple positions, can play premium positions, take some walks, uh, should run a decently good average, should hit a decent number of home runs, should get a decent number of extra base hits, should get a decent number of stolen bases. You know, it wouldn't shock me if he's a 20-20 guy this year. 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases with a 280 average and a 340 on base and a 490 slugging. You know, it would not shock me. Uh, so he's a nice player, and his prices are pretty low. Gold for 12 bucks. You wouldn't find any other top five prospect that comes out gold for $12. So I'm not saying jump on it because of he is a huge injury risk. Injury is important. Staying healthy is important, and he has not been able to do it to this point in his career. So there is some huge risk here, but there's also huge upside. So make your own choices there, but it's definitely interesting. Number three on the list, Brendan Rodgers, 23-year-old second baseman slash shortstop for the Rockies. His tops, his tops update card is US 45. Um, second baseman slash shortstop, he came up as a shortstop, but he's definitely not taking Trevor Story's spot. So he's a second baseman. Uh, we covered him in the uh, Rookie of the Year candidate thing, so we're not really going to cover him here. I will say, notes-wise, um, he played really poorly last year, hit 224, 272, 250 for 25 WRC+. Plus. Uh, that's really bad. He got injured. He had shoulder surgery. He's back. He's healthy. We'll see how he does. Uh Base is under a dollar. A lot of 25 of them went for $9.50. Gold uh, went for $6.50 on bids, but $10 to $12 on buy it nows. An Independence Day out of 76 went for $34 on auction. And a super short print went for $39 on auction. So there's not a ton of demand here. I mean, $39 for a super short print. $34 for an Independence Day. Independence Day cards are sweet. And his went for $34. So not a ton of demand here. Um, and I think the reason for that plays for the Rockies. You know, there just isn't a ton of demand. Nolan Arenado is a top 10 player in all of baseball. Probably even top 5. And his PSA 10s go for, t- PSA 10 top update rookies go for $90. So people just do not like the Rockies. They do not like investing in Rocky players. And, you know, Nolan Arenado, he had a 899 OPS out uh, away from Coors. Rounded up to 900, basically. He had a 900 OPS away from Coors. And yet people always complain, oh, what's Nolan Arenado going to do outside of Coors? He was really good last year. And yet people still don't care. So, Brendan Rodgers, uphill battle. Um, there's so little interest. Independence Days are going for 34 bucks. Do with that what you will. You can look into his numbers more. You can decide you want to invest in him. But Rockies players just do not sell. Number four on the list is Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son. He's 24, second baseman for the Blue Jays, and his tops update card is US 39. He hit... 234 with, ooh, what is this? One second. There's only two numbers on uh, my Kevin Biggio, my Kevin Biggio uh, on base percentage here, and I do not know what it's, 
if what it's supposed to finish with. So I will look that up real quick for you guys. And um, computer work work for me. 364. So Kevin Biggio hit 234 with a 364 on base and a 429 slugging. That was good for a 114 WRC plus, a 195 or 6.5 percent walk rate. Outrageous. 6. Uh, 16. Sorry, 16.5% walk rate is outrageous. A 28.6K rate, which is high, but, you know, 16.5% walk rate offsets it. 16 home runs, 35 extra base hits, a 195 isolated power, and a 309 BABIP. Uh, 14 stolen bases in 100 games played and 430 plate appearances. He had a 49% pull rate, really big pull hitter, 33% center, 18% oppo, 12% soft contact, 48% medium contact, and 40% hard contact. He's always had extremely high walk rates and extremely high K rates in the minors, or not extremely high, but high K rates in the minors. Like extremely high would be like Joey Gallo in the minors, running 40%, high 30s. That's not him. But extremely high walk rates, high K rates in the minors, so that checks out. He's always had low BABIPs. So that checks out, and his isolated power has been trending up every year he goes through the minors, and he's always had an above-average WRC+. So while I'm not overly excited about Kevin Biggio because of, you know, he just kind of seems like he came out of nowhere, and that's always a risk, and then also he's got um, two teammates specifically, in Bo Bichette and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that are going to steal the shine from him. And then when guys like Nate Pearson come up, going to steal the shine from him, he's always going to be third fiddle. So it's going to be tough for him to steal some of that spotlight. But he is very interesting. He should always be a guy with probably low averages, but high on bases, a decent amount of power, a decent amount of, you know, stolen bases, all right defense, and he'll probably be like a, three four win player every single year that's nice is it investment worthy well i'll let you decide base are going for one to three dollars uh foil one went for seven dollars that seems low because a gold went for 18 uh golds and foils usually go for about the same in my experience and these did not um one thing to point out with kevin biggio and a decent number of guys on this list is that when you're looking up his cards later make sure you are careful because his rookie card and his rookie debut card look almost identical uh, so if you're just going very quickly through ebay and not paying attention you might accidentally buy a rookie debut card and those things are worthless maybe if you get the right guy it could be worth something down the line but it will always be a fraction of the price of a regular rookie card so don't accidentally buy a rookie debut card for a dollar because you'll have thrown away like 99 cents that thing is literally worth a penny uh okay number next guy on our list is austin riley 22 year old third baseman slash outfielder uh played outfield last year as many of you will have known but is in competition this year to play third base and might be winning it right now he's currently seven for 23 on the year uh, in spring training with, I think, two home runs, three home runs, somewhere in there. Uh, he's fourth place for the Braves, and his tops update card is US 100. Austin Riley, you remember, came out of the gates hot last year when he got called up from the minors, but his full season numbers, not very exciting. He hit 226, 279 on base with a 471 slugging. That was good for an 86 WRC+, plus, which is 14% worse than league average a 5.4 percent walk rate a 36.4 percent k rate he had a 245 uh isolated power and i should back up a little bit 36.4 percent k rate i kind of glossed over it that's outrageous uh, a 245 isolated power which is nice but a 293 babip which is low um 18 home runs, 30 extra base hits in 80 games, 297 plate appearances. So, you know, he had about half a season of uh, plate appearances. If you extrapolate that out, you know, you're looking at a 35, 36 home, 36 really, but 35 home run hitter um, to get to an even-ish number. 
uh, 36% pull rate guy, 41% to center, 23 to oppo, 23% soft, 35% medium, 42% hard. While I like seeing that his hard contact is the highest of all of his contact percentages, I do not like seeing 23% soft contact. Not good. Not good. That's way too high. Uh, his base are 2 to $3. His gold went for 15 and super short prints going for around $70. I'm buying now. Now I have a couple questions for you. Would you invest in Todd Frazier? who strikes out more and is probably worse at defense. If you wouldn't, then I probably wouldn't invest in Austin Riley. Not saying he can't get better, but more than likely he ends up with a Todd Frazier-type career path. And best-case scenario is probably a Joey Gallo type. Uh, he would need to increase his walk rate significantly to get to a Joey Gallo type, but he does strike out less than Joey Gallo at this point in his career. Um, and like every point of his career to this point. But Joey Gallo was obviously a star last year before he got injured. That's probably the best chance Austin Riley has of becoming a star. So if you wouldn't invest in Joey Gallo and you wouldn't invest in Todd Frazier, then I would say, and I usually, I'm not, I didn't want to go out there and give advice on who to invest in, but I would say Austin Riley is not your guy. Next up on the list is Carter Kaiboom. And we aren't going to cover him. I just wanted to give you his tops update is US 109 if you're looking to buy. But we're not going to cover him because we covered him in the Rookie of the Year debut. I just didn't want you to think I forgot about him completely. So put him in here, but we're not going to talk about him. Just if you're looking for him, US 109. So then next up is Michael Chavez. He's 24-year-old first base platoon this year. He's supposed to platoon with Mitch Moreland, which is unfortunate because he is a righty. So he gets the lefties in the platoon, and there's a lot less lefty pitchers in baseball. So look for Mitch Moreland to get the bigger chunk of that platoon. Uh, but he will also can play second base, third base, and corner outfield if need be. He's definitely not playing center as he's 5'10", 216 pounds. That's a beefy boy. And he's uh, for the Red Sox. So Michael Travis is another guy, just like Austin Riley, who came out of the gates really hot. But his full season numbers, not great either. 254 last year with a 322 on base and a 444 slugging. That was good for a 96 WRC+, which is 4% worse than league average. He ran an 8.1% walk rate, which is really nice, but ran a 33.2% K rate, which is bad. Uh, 190 isolated power and a 347 BABIP. 18 home runs, 29 extra base hits, and two stolen bases. You know, two stolen bases, almost nothing. But threw it in there always because I'm throwing it in for everyone else that has stolen bases. He played 95 games, 382 plate appearances. He had 37% pull, 39% center, 24% to the opposite field, 21% soft contact, 46% medium contact, 33% hard contact. Big red flag. Big red flag. Everyone else in this entire list that we're talking about uh, up to this point has had hard contacts at least to like 40%. And not Michael Chavez. So big red flag. Um, but I will say he has had similar walk rates and high K rates in most of his minor league uh, years. Uh, much lower isolated powers uh, this year than in his minor league career. So home runs might pop up. Otherwise, you know, I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to have uh, platooning with Mitch Moreland. And then also uh, one interesting thing of note is that he hits the, A, he doesn't hit the ball hard, and B, he hits 39% of his hits, at least last year, to center field. Now, if you will remember, Fenway Park has a short left field because of the green monster and then a gigantic center field. goes all the way out to like 420 in the corner there. So a not hard hitting, center happy hitter is not really somebody I'd want to invest in in Fenway Park. That being said, eh, you know, still interesting. His prices, 
about a dollar for a base, $10 to $17 for his last two auctions on golds out of 2019. A blue out of 50, Father's Day blue went for $31, and a vintage stock out of 99 went for 36 So a little flip there a little bit, but people probably like the vintage stock a little bit more than the random Father's Day blue, Mother's Day pink colors. Uh, that being said, you know, Michael Travis, a platoon first baseman that might play other spots, that hasn't been hitting the ball overly hard, you know, I would like to see him pull it a little bit more, make that the green monster play for him a little bit, and you could see better numbers. But still, 24-year-old first baseman, platoon first baseman, not super excited about him. But you can do your own research on if he's a good investment or not. Next on the list is Will Smith. Not the actor, not the relief pitcher, but the catcher, Will Smith, 25 years old, catches for the Dodgers. His tops update is US 199. He hit 253 with a 337 on base and a 571 slugging last year. Good for a 132 WRC plus, 32% better than league average. That's really, really nice. A 9.2% walk rate, which is really nice. A 26.5% K rate, a little high. But you can live with that with a 9.2% walk rate. A 318 ISO. 318 isolated power. That's really, really good. A 264 BABIP, which is low. But he consistently runs BABIPs under 300. You'd like to see it a little higher. You know, maybe closer to 300 if he can't run it over 300. Not 264. And, you you know, the, his whole line would look a little bit better. Uh, 15 home runs. 24 extra base hits. Two stolen bases in 54 games and 196 plate appearances. He pulled the ball 47% of the time, uh, center 37% of the time, and opposite field only 18% of the time. That's really low. 15% soft contact, 40% medium contact, and 45% hard contact. That's really nice. So uh, pull heavy to center heavy approach, but with a lot of hard contact, a lot of medium contact, not a ton of soft contact. Um, he changed his approach from the minors. If you go back in his minor league numbers, he was a pull-heavy guy with an even disbursement of uh, center field and opposite field contact to a pull-heavy guy and a center-heavy guy with almost no opposite field contact. Uh, we'll see if that continues to work. You know, I don't really know what to make off of it off of just one year of data. But we'll see. He's very interesting. His walk rate was a little low compared to the minors, which is ridiculous because it was 9.2%, but that's kind of promising. Hopefully that can go up. I don't know if his power stays like this. Uh, seems unlikely, but you never know. Uh, he has a good eye at the plate. He has power. I think he might surprise some people with his amount of uh, stolen bases he can get you know might be a double digit guy 10 11 12 in a year out, out of catching and uh, uh, very interesting he's a very interesting guy the one thing I worry about is wild catcher is a premium position for baseball and for like stats like war which account position in for uh, your grand total so a first baseman will have always have a lower war than a shortstop or a catcher if they are equivalent hitters type of thing uh not so much for cards. Catching, you know, people just don't love catchers. If if Adley Rutschman, the number one pick, was a shortstop instead of a catcher, he would be so high-priced. But he's not. He's a catcher. So, you know, that's a little bit of a ding on Will Smith there, unfortunately, is catching. Now his base is one to two dollars. His short print is going for about ten dollars, and his vintage stock, the one went for about thirty-four dollars. So do with that what you will. Will Smith is very interesting. Good walk rates, good power, good position. You know, good hard and medium contact. But I would dive a little bit deeper into him if you're willing to, and take a closer look. You know, he's interesting. He's definitely interesting. All right, so that was the last of the top 100 guys. Now let's jump into the uh, kind of the others, we'll say, the other guys. So number one on there is Kevin Newman. Already he's 26 years old. That's a little bit of a red flag. Uh, and not saying it's the worst, you know. 
Christian Yelich was 26 years old when he exploded for the Brewers, and his prices went up, and then 27, he exploded again. So it's not the end of the world. Uh, shortstop for the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, and his top Series 2. Everything, Everyone else was tops update to this point, but his top Series 2 card is numbered 471. Kevin Newman had a really good year last year. Hit 308 with a 353 on base and a 446 slugging. That was good for a 110 WRC+. He had a 5.3% walk rate, which is low. I like it a little higher, but 11.7% K rate, which is also low. So we like that. A 138 isolated power, which is below average, and a 333 batting average on balls in play, which is, you know, maybe a, a tad bit high, uh, if we're being honest. Usually, usually I'm, if a guy has like a 310, 320 BIP. This isn't scientific by any means, but if it's like a 310, 320, I'm more comfortable with it. If it's higher than that or lower than that, I expect it to regress to the mean, unless he's always a guy that has high bay bips or always a guy that has low bay bips. Uh, 12 home runs last year for Kevin Newman, 38 extra base hits, 16 stolen bases in 130 games and 531 plate appearances. So almost a full season of games there. Really nice season. 37% pull, 34% to center, 29% to oppo, 20% soft, 53% medium, and 27% hard contact. His walk and K rates are in line with his double and A and triple A numbers. He had the highest isolated power of his career in the majors this year at 138, highest at 138, which is below average. And he has 15 home runs in his entire minor league career. So Kevin Newman, great year last year. Really seems like a guy that's going to regress. Uh, highest ISO, not a good sign. 27% hard hit rate, not a good sign. If they remove the ball uh, from you know the Major League Baseball they used last year that was juiced, and then we went to the playoffs and it wasn't juiced, if they remove that ball, you are going to be looking at Kevin Newman in a totally different light. He will not be a 110 WRC Plus guy. So base under a dollar, gold five dollars and fifty cents for the last one. Pink out of fifty and black out of seventy-six. They've been going for like the twelve to fifteen dollar range. Uh, people aren't very interested in them right now. And while I'm not telling you to not invest him or to invest in him, I would highly suggest to not invest in him. Uh, there's not a ton of upside here, and it seems like regression is likely to happen. Next on the list is David Fletcher. He's 25, second baseman slash third baseman for the Angels. His top Series 2 card is uh, number 520. He hit 290 with a 350 on base, a 384 slugging, 99 WRC plus, 8 point, which is 1% worse than league average, basically league average, 8.4% walk rate, and 9.8% K rate. Both of those are really nice, but a .094 ISO, so under 100 ISO, which is bad, a 317 BABIP, 6 home runs, 8 stolen bases on the year. Um, we're not really going to cover much more of David Fletcher. He's an extremely nice player. I think he will be extremely nice for a long time because of his defense. He doesn't really add any value with his bat. If he's a league average hitter with his defense, he's a 3-4 to four win player probably with a full season of at-bats. Uh, but there's really no upside in the bat. There's no power there. You get walks, you don't strike out, but no power. Power sells. If there isn't any, we don't really care. His base is under a dollar. His gold last one went for $5. Buy it now. Um, no real interest in him. But, and, and, and he had six home runs with a juice ball last year. So, yeah. But I bring him up because he's very interesting. He's a super nice player, and he goes to show a point that there can be really, really good players, and this is good for the Bowman Chrome market too, is that there are really, really nice players out there that just are not worth uh, investing in. You know, Bryce Durang, Nick Madrigal. They're not going to hit a ton of home runs probably ever in their career, but people are paying 30 40 50 bucks for their base autos. Probably not worth it uh, if you're looking at a guy like David Fletcher. Next on the list is Tommy Edmond, 24, utility player for the Cardinals. His is Tops Update US 84. He hit 304 with a 350 on base and a 500 slugging last year. That was good for a 123 WRC+. That's really nice. 
He had 4.6% walk rate, which is a little low, 17.5% K rate, which is really nice, 196 isolated power, which is above average, um, and 208 in AAA this year, which is by far the highest of his career, way higher than any of his other years. He ran a 346 batting average in balls in play with 11 home runs, 35 extra base hits, 15 stolen bases on the year in 92 games, and 349 plate appearances. So all really good numbers. He had a 42% pull rate, 34% to center, 24% opposite field, 16% soft contact, 43% medium contact, 41% hard contact. So that's nice. Uh, medium and hard contact adding up to 84% is nice. He had a 12% uh, home run to fly ball ratio, which is a career high. I figured I'd point that out because... Um, that's alarming, especially with the juice ball last year. His minor league walk and K rates are similar. He had 18 home runs and 567 plate appearances last year. He had 16 home runs in his other 1,379 career plate appearances. So, you know, a power spike last year, juice baseball, not shocked. Um, uh, his numbers are probably a product of the environment, Maybe a product of playing a lot of games in Miller Park and Great American and Wrigley. But for the most part, you know, he seems like one of those guys that probably has regression coming if the baseball changes. And also, the Cardinals have done this a lot with guys. Um, Jeremy Hazelbaker and Aledmus Diaz come to mind off the top of my head. You know, Jeremy Hazelbaker uh, lit the world on fire for like two months uh, a couple years ago. Maybe in 16. 15, I don't remember the year. Aledmus Diaz also lit the world on fire in the like 2016, and then he was bad, and then he's been pretty good. He was pretty good last year. I think he ran over an 800 OPS last year. But they have these guys come out of nowhere and dominate, and it's probably not deserved. So, And then they disappear off the face of the map. Is Tommy Edmond the next one of those, or is he the next Matt Carpenter? That seems like he's, or Paul DeYoung, that seems like he's going to drop off the map after coming out of nowhere and then doesn't. Only time will tell. As for right now, his base are 2 to $3, and his gold went for $13. So if you think he is on the lines of Jeremy Hazelbaker and Len Diaz, don't invest. If you think he's going to be along the lines of Paul DeYoung and Matt Carpenter, probably still don't invest. You know, Paul DeYoung's not a super exciting name. But, uh, you know, there's at least something of upside there. Next on the list is Adam Hazley. He's probably the guy I'm most excited about in this list of second-tier players. He's a 23-year-old outfielder for the Phillies. Uh, tops update US 139. I believe, if I'm correct, he was picked a pick before Kesson here. I think the Phillies took him 8th. The Brewers took Kesson ninth. Big mistake by the Phillies. Uh, he hit 266 with a 324 on base and a 396 slugging last year. That was good for an 88 WRC plus, which is 12% worse than league average. 5.8% walk rate and a 24.8% K rate. Um, 5.8 is all right. Would like it a little higher. 24.8% K rate is meh. Not terrible. Not good. Uh, 131 ISO. Not good. 344 BABIP, 5 home runs, 19 extra base hits, 4 stolen bases in 67 games, and 242 plate appearances. He had a 37% pull rate, 39% to center, 24% opposite field, 15% soft contact, 49% medium contact, 36% hard contact. Um, you know, hard is a little low, would like it higher, but medium is nice-ish. The problem is... He ran a 57.4% ground ball rate, which is by far the highest of his career. I think he could be interesting. You know, he was, up until this point, he's always been a guy that has run uh, pretty high. Here, pull up his stats for you. He's been running, you know, mid three and uh, high-ish four. So mid three on base, high-ish four sluggings percentages you know so he's almost an 800 ops guy every year that's pretty interesting um pretty good defender 800 ops if he can get the ball off the ground get some he'll get some stolen bases in there if he can get the ball off the ground and 
tap into that power a little bit more, I wouldn't be shocked if all of a sudden he turned into a 15 to 20 home run guy with 10 stolen bases and was hitting 280 with a 350 on base and a 450 slugging every single year. Wouldn't be shocked, or if not better. Um, so there's definitely upside there. Does he get to it? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. It's interesting. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, his base under a dollar, gold $2 to $10, and a blue out of 50. Father's Day blue went for 14 So while it's interesting, not a ton of demand there, and also big risk because while you can invest in Eloy Jimenez, who you know what he's going to do, you know you're hoping you're hoping for a change in approach for Adam Hazley to unlock stuff. It's not good if you're if you're betting on somebody changing something and you have no proof that they're going to change. That's just a gamble at that point. You can invest in most of it's a gamble, but some guys you can invest in pretty confidently. You cannot invest in Adam Hazley confidently, but there is some interesting things there. Next on the list is Mikey Stremski. I only bring him up because I know a lot of people like him. We're not really going to talk about him. He's an outfielder for the Giants. His tops update card is US 245. He's going to be 30 in August. He's a feel-good story. Uh, you know, plays his entirely career in the minors. Finally gets a chance at 29. Does really well. Is like a two-win player. His grandfather was Carly Stremski. We all know it. You know, it's a good story, but it's not worth investing in. So we're going to move on. Uh, next on the list is Nate Lowe, last of the secondary guys, Nate Lowe. 24-year-old first base slash DH for the Rays. His tops update card is US 291. He hit 263, 325, 454 last year with a 107 WRC+, plus, which is 7% better than league average. 7.7% walk rate and a 29.6% K rate. Walk rate's nice. If you're going to run a 30% K rate, though, I want that much higher. Much higher. He had a 191 isolated power, which for a big guy at first base, that's not good enough. Uh, 340 batting average on balls in play. 7 home runs, 15 extra base hits in 50 games, 169 plate appearances. Meh. Meh numbers all around. 35% pull rate, 36% center rate 29 percent opposite field rate so pretty even uh split there for hits per field 15 percent soft contact 43 percent medium 41 percent hard that's nice uh anytime you're getting above 40 i like that for hard contact 40 40 for medium contact i like that so that's all nice uh he hits the ball hard he has a ton of power fan graphs gives him like a 60 65 uh, power that's nice takes a lot of walks those are all good things but if he wants to make his cards worth anything he's gonna have to hit like 50 bombs like pete alonzo first baseman dh type if you're not hitting 50 home runs you're not gonna be uh sought after especially on the rays where you've got guys um all over the place that are interesting wander franco to name one uh that are going to be taking the attention away now pete alonzo might have changed the game for first baseman types but he's still the only guy that um whose prices are insane so i'm not gonna say no or never to nate low but i would stay away from first baseman for the most part um one thing i will point out is he dropped 20 plus pounds uh in the offseason so he's in the running for uh best shape of his life award uh, for spring training do with that what you will i don't love it but uh you know some people do um also quick quick note nate low brandon lau spells his last name exactly the same but pronounces it lau nate pronounces it low uh just a tidbit for you in case you didn't know uh, prices base going for about 55 cents uh, short print went for five bucks gold went for five bucks not a ton of demand there there's also no demand in like for somebody like me i told you i wasn't going to tell you who to buy but unless you really want to bet on the guy hitting 50 home runs which is foolish 
very, very foolish to bet on a guy hitting 50 home runs. That's really, really hard to do. Uh, you know, there's people out there. I don't want to rag on Pete Alonso. I, I, Pete Alonso is very good, and he was a rookie. He was rookie of the year, and his cards were at sixty dollars, and they dropped to thirty. Thirty was too low. The people that bought him at thirty, forty, fifty, you know, you're making money. People that are buying him at ninety, bad idea. But if you're buying him because you think he's going to hit fifty home runs again, I've got a news flash for you. It's extremely hard to hit fifty home runs. Extremely hard. People don't do it very often. People especially don't do it very often in back-to-back years. So, Pete Alonso, like Nate Lowe, don't go buying a guy if you're expecting 50 home runs. That being said, uh, the nice thing is they don't really need to hit 50 home runs for you to make money. They can hit 10 home runs in the month of April and May. And all of a sudden, you're looking at a huge boost. And then you can sell, and then you don't have to worry about them hitting 50 home runs over a season. So that's our position players. We're going to move on now. We've got three guys left, uh, three pitchers, two starting pitchers, and one reliever. We'll start with the reliever, Darwinzon Hernandez. I bring him up. He's 23. He's a relief pitcher for the Red Sox. His top's update card is US 205. I bring him up only because he threw 30 innings and he had a 4.45 ERA, which is not great, but and a and a 7.71 walk per nine, walks per nine, or a 7.71 walks per nine, which is really, really, really bad. That being said, he ran a 16.91 K per nine. He almost had 17 strikeouts per nine innings in 30 innings. That's insanely good insanely 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 good so that's super interesting super super interesting he's in the running if he can figure some command stuff out to be the next great reliever in baseball you know josh josh Hader, or Aldis chapman before him that being said they i just looked it up josh Hader gold out of 2019 his rookie card went for two dollars a gold out of 2019 for the best reliever in baseball went for two dollars so I only wanted to bring Darwin Hernandez, Darwinson Hernandez up because he's interesting, but I would never invest in a reliever for Topps Update cards. Stay away. Stay far, far away. And then getting to our starters, we got two. It would have been three if Griffin Canning hadn't got injured. It's not three. It's two. So uh, UC, UC? I don't actually know how to say his first name. Kikuchi, uh, 28-year-old pitcher for the Mariners. Uh, his top Series 2 card is number 631. He threw 161 innings last year with a 5.46 ERA, a 6.46 K per 9, a 2.78 walk per 9, and a 2.00 home run per 9. That's terrible. He gave up 36 home runs in 161 innings. And the Mariners play in a big park. And they play in Oakland, which has a big park. And they play in L.A., which has a pretty big park. <laughs> you know, uh... So that's really, really bad. It's actually kind of shocking. And you're probably asking yourself, Nate, why are you bringing this up? Why are you bringing this scrub that threw 161 innings with a 5.46 ERA up? And I will tell you why. This spring, his fastball's up to 96 miles per hour. His slider is in the low 90s. Um, that's big. Uh, he's been working on... He struggled with mechanics. He struggled with a new league last year, a new country. His dad died. His dad died. 28 years old and his dad died. So a lot of things going against him last year. Comes in this year. He's apparently working on new mechanics. His fastball velocity is up. His slider velocity is up. Would not shock me to see him explode. Wouldn't shock me. Might only be explode to like a number three pitcher you know, mid three, high three area guy, but still really good. Um, that being said, you know, his tops update cards, bases are under $3. His short print went for $3. His super short print went for $20 on one bid. So I would not buy his tops update. I know this is a tops update, top series two podcast, but I was looking at his top Sapphire cards the other day, and those are really cheap. And I think those are the ones I'd buy. If you're looking to get into Kikuchi, I would buy those because uh, really nice, really cheap right now. You can get 
big quantities, you know, out of tens for like 20 bucks. Ridiculous. Out of 10. Purple Topps Chrome Sapphire out of 10 for like 20 bucks. Uh, that's a great deal. So I wouldn't worry about his Topps update cards. Nobody's going to want those, but you can get some nice, nice high-end cards, Topps Chrome Sapphire, for really cheap and take a little bit of a gamble on him. And if you don't want to buy cards, at least keep him in mind for like your fantasy baseball league back in the rotation, you know, flyer guy, because he could be really interesting. And then lastly, but not least, my favorite pitcher on this list and in the whole set, Chris Paddock. He, oh, interesting. I don't have any of his, uh, I don't have his age or, well, really just his age down. So a 24 year old pitcher, for the Padres, his tops update card is US 263. He threw 140.2 innings last year to a 3. Point, with a 3.33 ERA, a 9.79 K per nine, a 1.98 walk per nine, and a 1.47 home run per nine. ERA was nice, threw a decent amount of innings. The case per nine was nice. I'd exp- I thought it would be a little higher. It's not bad. The walks per nine is nice. Everything was nice about his year last year. Everything was. Uh, I really badly want him to be the next great ace in the game. He's got a really big park, but his defense got way worse behind him. They let go of Manny Margot. They let go of Luis Urias. Tatis is not a great defender. Um, Manny Machado is a good defender. Austin Hedges is a good defender. You know, Eric Hosmer is a meh defender at first base. But then they put in Tommy Pham in the outfield. You saw Trent Grisham in the wild card game last year. Brewers and Nationals. Uh, should be a good defender. Made a big mistake. You know, their defense got worse. And Big Park, strong defense, and I really like him to keep it up. But that's not happening. Also, his pitch rep- repertoire uh, probably just isn't big enough for him to become the next big ace. He's got a plus fastball. He's got a plus-plus changeup. But his curve is just average. You know, he's really a two-pitch pitcher with an average third. I would like that curve to get better. If that can get better, he can definitely be the next good guy and the next great pitcher. But if it doesn't, I just don't see it happening. As for his prices, the base are going for around a dollar. Gold's seven bucks, something like that. Um, uh, to put it in perspective, Clayton Kershaw, the best pitcher in the entire game, 2008 Tops Update rookie, is going for forty dollars. So, you know, not a ton of upside with pitchers here, but still a little bit. You know, if he becomes half of Clayton Kershaw, you spend a dollar on a base and you get up to 15, you know, 20. Not that it's likely, but you never know. Um, That being said, I love Chris Paddock. He's probably really just going to be a number three starter, maybe a number two. But if he can figure things out with his his curveball, he could be a number one for a a while. And then a dollar, not too bad. But again, huge risk here. So... That being said, that is all the guys we wanted to cover today. I think there was 17 of them, a couple pitchers, a lot of top 100 guys, some middle infielders with a lack of power, some outfielders with a lack of power, first baseman with a lot of power, nothing else. So hope you took notes. Hope you learned a little bit more about a lot of these guys. I would like you now, if you're feeling like you missed out, to go and look up these guys, you know, if you're like, man, Nick Sanzel seems pretty interesting, go look him up. Look at his Fangraphs page. Look at his MLB Pipeline page. Look at his Baseball Prospectus page. You know, look at his prices on eBay. Try to find stuff on blowout forums or what people are saying there. You know, anything, anywhere you can find information. And then make a choice there. But remember, all these guys are risks. While Nick Sanzel seems nice, he may never stay healthy. While Luis Arias seems nice and looks like he could keep it up, he might have just been a flash in the pan. You know, you just never know. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, the Rockies, right? Kevin Biggio, really nice, but has a lot of guys in front of him that are going to be taking his uh, shine away. So all these guys have risks. All these guys have upside, but also big downside. So I'm not saying go by these guys. You know, usually we talk about guys and we're like, oh, Eloy, you know, he had a really good last month of the year. Go buy him. And then they go, people buy him at 30 and they're all now 60 $70 and you've made a profit. 
none of these guys. I do not want to go on to eBay in like four days and all of a sudden see Nick Senzel golds going for, what was his gold going for, 12 bucks? I don't want to see Nick Senzel golds all of a sudden going for $20. There's no reason for that. Huge, huge risk here. That being said, if you can get them for their current prices, there are some interesting guys here to be had. But you're going to have to make your own choices here because they're all risky. Every single one of these guys on this list is risky. But there's going to be a couple guys in here that are the next big thing. It's just going to happen. And maybe the next big thing for a week might be the next big thing for a month. You know, Maybe none of them are all-stars, but some of them are going to go up. And you just have to find them. You can do it. I believe in you. Just use as many information sources as you can. Slab socks being one of them. Um, Fangraphs being another. You know, Baseball Prospectus, Baseball America, MLB Pipeline. You can go on uh, MLB.com and look up any video you want now. So you can look at all of Nick Senzel's outs from last year if you want. And watch them all in succession. See if you can get something from there. But, uh... Uh, you know, make your choices, do some research, make your choices, and uh, I hope it works out. But I hope this was enough information for you on all the other guys from 2019. I tried to bring up everybody that was interesting um, for the most part. Should be a good base, baseline knowledge for you guys to go off of and make your investment opportunities if you feel like you missed out on the other guys. If you don't feel, you know, Fernando Tatis was $50 and now he's 100 he might be a $150 guy by mid-season. You probably didn't miss out. You'd probably still make money on it. But you got to be willing to put up the $100. It's a lot easier to put up $12 on a Nixon sell gold and hope it gets to, you know, $30. Um, and that being said, one last thing I'd like to bring up is that the guy that really is probably the, the big fish in this whole uh, line of fish is Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Top Series 2. I bring this up because he was going for like $10 in November and then they slowly went up and slowly they're going up and then they went up to 40 and now they're down to like $35. And PSA 10s are like 160, 170. But there was five per case, five per case in top series two. If Fernando Tatis PSA 10s are $100 or Pete Alonso's are like 80, you know, then all of a sudden we're in a zone again where Vlad Guerrero's are underpriced. Like $35, that's underpriced. That should probably be higher if Pete Alonso PSA 10s are going for 80, you know. So keep that in mind. That's probably the best buy of everyone on this list. That's the guy where I'd be like, oh, you find a, a buy it now for 35, I'd snap that up. I'd snap up a couple um, because those are good deals. Uh, with the way the rest of the market's going. If the rest of the market reverts back to normal, then Vlad will revert back to normal, and $35 is no longer a good deal. But until that point, I think Vlad's probably your best bet. Anyways, thank you all for listening to today's podcast at Dinging Corners on a Tuesday, not a Monday. Uh, I put a lot of research on this, so I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, if you got any questions, reach out to SlapStocksNate on Instagram. And then also, if you are ever wondering about um, investments or who to invest in or want some help with investments, you can go to slabstocks.com and sign up for our investment email. Every day we send out auction emails of guys we like. You know, So I cover baseball, uh, Bowman Chrome prospects, and uh, tops you know, prospects. So you'll find Gliber Torres short prints from Update and Series 2 in there. If they're there, you'll find Juan Soto short prints. You'll find, you know, Riley Green, Bowman Chrome Autos, because I like him. You'll find, you know, guys like Daniel Espino, Wander Franco, Marco Luciano, uh, Nolan Gorman, you know, any guys like that. Guys that I think have a decent chance of going up, you'll find in there. Um, so if you want help, it's a good way to learn what we're thinking. And it's also a good way to kind of learn the market because every day we put price points in there and you can see the prices as they go up. So one day you get an email, you look at it and Keston Hira top short prints are $40. 
Uh, four days later, you get the email. All of a sudden, you see it, and Kesson Hero Top Short Print is $80. And you can learn the market that way without ever having to look up all these guys because it's a pain in the butt. Number one, you probably forget which guys to look up all the time. And number two, uh, it's a lot of work to have to look up all those guys, whereas you can just have all of these names in an email every single day. And then secondly, Aaron always sends out a uh, investment learning email where he chooses some guys to highlight and says, hey, you know, either this is an underpriced card or we think the prices could go up on this buy it now, so we'd buy it now type of thing. So if you're interested in that, go to slabstocks.com, put your email in, that's all it takes. Uh, bar should be right at the sign up bar should be right at the top of the page. Um, really good learning tool for you guys. Really good learning tool for Aaron and I to do it. We learn a lot every single day from just looking at prices. Like we see prices of every single guy, so that trends can't really escape us unless they're just from guys we're not looking at. So sign up for that if you're interested. I thank you all for listening today to this podcast. I hope you all had a good time. I know it's been very long, but it's been enjoyable for me, so I hope it was enjoyable for you, and I will talk to you again next week.